0: Welcome to Dry Clean Only, conversations on fashion and style. I'm your host, Kristen Cole in New York. I'm a fashion consultant with 20 years experience in the industry as a high concept retailer, fashion director, founder, and buyer. On this podcast, I sit with designers, stylists, experts, authors, innovators, and leaders in the space to bring you casual conversations around the many industry topics of the moment with insights and observations along the way. I hope you enjoy. Okay, so today we have episode number 29, where I have the pleasure of speaking with Danny Burke and Brandon Winslow, founders of Made for All, a luxury leisure wear brand out of LA, focused on quality, style, and ethical manufacturing. We chat all things leisure wear, street wear, lounge wear, minimalist style, LA style, the intersection of sports and fashion, and their commitment to equity as a Black-owned brand and through their highly considered supply chain. Before we jump into the interview, happy beginning of New York Fashion Week, Fall 23 collection I'll be hitting a few shows this week and events before running to the airport to get out of this freezing New York winter for my kids' winter break. 2023 is well underway. Brands continue to keep a sharp eye on sales and recession-proofing, future-proofing their businesses in these very uncertain times and devastating times globally. I'm very interested in the luxury leisure wear business, one of many reasons I'm excited to speak with the maid owners today, as this segment seems very well-positioned to thrive in this moment as consumer trends continue to work luxury basics and items with longevity and quality. Fall 23 Fashion Month is well underway. Men's wrapped in Paris and Pity. I just love seeing the men's fashion on the street from the attendees at Pity. Uh, really sharp dressing there, really inspiring. A lot of tailoring, sophistication, and gender-fluid options on the men's runway in Paris. Louève sculptural coats were a real standout for me. I loved the color palette. The elegant mood at Wales Bonner was pretty inspiring. Junya Watanabe delivered an all-black, very stripped-back collection that felt very right for right now. Bodhi got a lot of attention, with some forecasting Bodhi as the next Ralph Lauren, though others, like High Snobiety, have countered this with Amy Leon Dorr, which is the line I would bet on. Amy Leondor has a great new store on Crosby Street in Soho. Be sure to check that out. Recycled cashmere is having a moment. Ralph Lauren, the brand, just announced a new commitment to recycled cashmere with a cashmere recycling program in partnership with ReVerso, which is headquartered in Prato, Italy. Ryan Roche, similarly, just announced an initiative, a cashmere buyback program where the brand will now issue $100 in site credit for any donated, pre-worn, pre-loved cashmere pieces you send them. More information of the Ryan Roche program on their Instagram. Instagram. Personally, I'm a big fan of Another Tomorrow's, Recycled Cashmere, and Patagonia's already on the market. If the incredible long-standing European and Japanese avant-garde boutique in Soho is having a basement sale this week, sounds pretty exciting. I will definitely be stopping by that. Paris Couture is also wrapped, a bit confused, and wrapped up with men's and women's Fall 23. Uh, Dior was really exquisite for me. Fendi and Valentino had some really beautiful pieces. Chanel, Victor and Roll, uh Schiaparelli. Uh, for me, I don't know. I'm not gonna slam anyone's hard work, but yeah, a little, a little confused. Mark Jacobs just showed in New York his spring 23 collection at the armory, where he often shows. It was a strong homage to the late great Vivian Westwood. Really high drama, very stunning, showing. Spring 23 in the Buy Now format, uh, which is something I really love. I don't understand why more designers aren't shifting to this format. If everyone showed this way, I... I think sales at the consumer level would be lifted considerably with that instant gratification of buying, you know, straight off the runway. Uh, it would also kind of be the death knell to fast fashion, right? If, if designers started showing in this cadence, anyways, on that note, H and M studio, whatever that is, has a collection showing on Vogue runway right now. I guess it's about sustainability, but, um, Yeah, fast fashion and sustainability seem pretty ironic. Uh, Copenhagen has just wrapped as well. The brand with real sustainability commitments, Ghani, showed a great fall 23 collection, a bit more grown up. I flagged a couple of coats that I love, very everyday, but really beautiful, uh, and a party dress that I am very interested in trying. In case you missed it, I interviewed Ghani's sustainability director a while back on the pod. So check that out if you want to hear more on some of their specific initiatives and strategies. In Copenhagen, I also loved Sax Pots, which was really beautiful and by Maylene Berger, uh, the line everyone loves right now. Division is an upcycled brand and they provided Probably the most viral moment out of Copenhagen with a table setting turned dress. Gucci has finally announced their new creative director, Sabato De Sarno, an industry vet who spent the last 13 years at Valentino, among other places. His collection for the house will debut in Milan next September. Speaking of Gucci, Sarah Jessica Parker was spotted in New York on set wearing a new Gucci by Birkenstock collaboration product of the Boston clog variety. Tiffany and Nike have just released a sneaker that is the latest collab to get slammed. Not very exciting from a product perspective. I don't know who buys that. The new Burberry campaign under Daniel Lee has just debuted. It looks very different. I like the branding. I'm excited to see the collection and I just loved what he did at Bottega. So as long as he doesn't touch the trenches, I'm very excited to see what he will do at Burberry. On the sustainability front, major advancements towards transparency and sustainability in France with them leading the way before the e- the rest of the EU making climate impact labels mandatory the french decree will require solutions for labeling straight away for companies over the 50 million euro mark and smaller companies during 2024 and 2025 this decree applies to all fashion brands that sell garments, footwear, and home textiles in the French market. Uh, other exciting news Phoebe Philo has just announced that her long awaited eponymous brand will launch its first collection September 23. Okay, so now on to what you are here for my conversation with Made for All founders, Danny and Brandon. Thanks so much for joining me on the pod today. I'm in New York. You guys are in LA.
1: So I'm, oh, Danny lives in Portland and he comes back and forth. um, And I live in LA.
2: But I'm originally from the LA area. I just took some opportunities out here and made my way to this rainy city.
0: Amazing. I love Portland. I lived, I lived in New York for a long time and then Los Angeles. And then at a point when my husband and I had our first baby, we kind of wanted to get out of the city and we considered moving to Portland, but we um, ended up okay. in in Austin, which is the, you know, Texas version of Portland. And it, yes. was, it was really fun. It was nice for a while.
2: I love it. I used to live in Austin for a little bit too. So definitely a comparable city to Portland. Yeah. I would
0: yeah. definitely say Austin is
2: Better than Portland, but like yeah, Portland's still pretty cool sometimes. Well,
0: Austin is just booming. I mean, even since I left, I can't believe, you know, it's it's exploded down there. There's, you know, an Hermes store, there's Soho House. Like it's just like this yes. city all of a sudden. It's crazy. Yeah. Brandon, where do you live in Los Angeles? So I'm in
1: Hancock Park area. I am actually from Houston, Texas. Um, and then our showroom's in downtown LA.
0: Okay. Oh, that's good. That's really convenient. No, I love it. Know that area well. Yeah, it's so beautiful. All right, guys. So I just wanted to have you on the pod to, you know, chat about your brand, especially, you know, the men's shows just wrapped in Paris, you know, different thing. But there's a huge conversation around luxury leisure wear and you know streetwear is streetwear dead and all of these conversations and most importantly i think the biggest like consumer trend is going towards luxury basics right you know kind of smarter smarter buys wardrobes with longevity maybe a little bit less less of that like hyper trendy hype beast era streetwear so i'm curious how do you guys feel about the overall trend in menswear as it relates to leisure wear
2: You want to grab that one start, Brandon, or you want to grab it? Um, I feel really strongly about the direction of where we're going with leisure wear, right? I think one of the things that Brandon often, like, yells at me for is when I throw out the term streetwear. And so he does not like the idea of streetwear. So with that said, although we are very streetwear inspired, we're also very designer-oriented, like, very quality products. I think streetwear got lost for a long time in the sense that it sort of initiated fast fashion and got fast, like got fast fashion to where it was. Right. And so you, you had a lot of cheap product that people just threw on, you wash a couple of times and it was ready to be thrown out. And we're like nowhere near what that was. Right. We're very much on the quality end of things.
1: We spent a lot of time. um, This development took us years um, just because We got caught up with our own lives as far as Danny loves going to school. So he went back to school to get his master's and um, I was working as well. So, but throughout the seven years, we continue to just try to find the right home and house, manufacturer house that is for our brand. Everything is made in Los Angeles. And the one thing about our product is, is I, we stand on our quality. Every, it's just, and that's when, what Danny said is what I was nervous about is just getting lost with that streetwear concept of, of things. Luxury leisure wear is the terminology I like to use just yeah. because of that. And I know our quality is different, but I don't see, you know, it's, it's a lot of talks, like you said, with streetwear and lounge it and, and I just don't see the product going anywhere. Um, people, yeah. They are so used to wearing sweats, or just used to wearing something simple, versus dressing mm-hmm. up all the time. And uh, we're just trying to just continue to just focus in on that, hound in on that. How can you wear it at home and out on the streets? Yeah. And- mm-hmm. That's one thing that we spend a lot of this development talks trying to figure
2: that out.
0: I love that. I mean, I feel like I notice a lot, you know, with the trend in how men are dressing, I mean, at least in New York, you know, it's still the hoodie, even if it's a pair of like the row trousers, or it's like, you know, even right. if it's something really elegant, or something really tailored, it still always has some leisure wear, streetwear element, good sneakers, a great hoodie, well- you know, something that's kind of cool and takes it you know down yeah I feel like streetwear you know started as this idea of it's you know the thing people wear on the street kind of and then it turned into this like logo heavy super identifiable hype trend oriented items like luxury or you know down market like anywhere and yeah I don't know I don't know where it is now like it also to me used to be like skate culture and Mm 90s like 90s basketball and then I just yeah it's a very um it's like a big catch-all for so many things and so I think luxury leisure wear orientation makes sense if it
1: was was up to me it would be we would not have our stuff would not be branded at all but you know being a new brand um you know we're not influencers we're not TikTok reality stars so we have to put our names on it just so people can associate and then just and just recognize it
2: Totally. Yeah, I think taking that thought further, like, especially where you're talking about some of the old streetwear, skater brands, when we think about a Vizu and like Bathing Nape and like a lot of those companies, you have these very loud colors. Yeah. And like yeah. I see with in designer culture, especially when you move into like economic uncertainty, you start to see a new design level where you have less printed logo and more like just solid leather print or quality goods, right? And I think we caught on to that extremely early where we were already designing our product based off that model and methodology so like even with the stuff that you'll see with like a logo on it and it's a patch right it's like a quality patch on there we're very minimalist in the idea that we like if you see our our brand if you know it you know it if you don't like you don't need to know how much how much it costs you don't need to know all you need to know is look at that quality look at that leather look at feel that material the french cherry the the high density like logo print you know that kind of stuff
0: yeah that's very much like i feel like this has been the evolution of post-pandemic dressing right it's like the way we shop and the way we dress now which which makes so much sense tell me a little bit about each of you about your backgrounds and how, what what brought you to fashion? If you even think of yourself as in fashion, I know fashion is such a like specific way of maybe you're just doing your lifestyle. Brand. It, it is. I,
1: right. I, I feel like too, just even just on that last, the last where we said like fashion, like I consider... We just launched really six months ago. So like, this is still new. I, sometimes I have to remind myself that, you know, we are designers, you know, we do hold a brand, but this started, we had this idea eight years ago. We were as far as just, it was poolside. Let's, let's figure out what we want to do. Like, let's, let's start a brand. It just started us wanting to do underwear because there was a lack of male underwear. It was all all the big brands. So that's what we wanted to do. And we came up with the name Made and the the concept of it and how we want to do our underwear. And then we just both got busy. I started working at Rock Nation and managing athletes on the West Coast and overseeing that. And so I just got real consumed. And, you know, from there, we still worked on the process as far as just trying different manufacturers. A lot of manufacturers in LA work with china so they're sending out our products and the quality was coming back totally different so this is like seven years 15 i went through 15 different consulting firms to figure it out but in the meantime like i said i'm with rock nation i'm working with sports and danny's busy as well so we just didn't have time to, to focus on it
2: we both come from heavy consulting backgrounds within business and so like and i think also like just being from la and so like I've always grown up loving sneakers. I I consider myself a sneakerhead. You know, I love designer wear. And so it's sort of like a a, a very easy fit with us having a heavy consulting side of things like service backgrounds. We were both like, yo, we want a product. Like we want something we can like sell as opposed to it always being some sort of like service. Yeah, totally. And so this was like that EV blend of we're both passionate about looking nice and dressing That's and fashion cool. just so happened to be that like perfect expression for us.
0: That's cool. And what's your background? Yeah. I
2: come from like a marketing and advertising background. Like my MBA is in organizational behavior studies and marketing management. Most of the companies I've worked for either on brand side or agency side has been from like a marketing sort of consulting And so like, it's been nice to sort of like, Brennan and I leverage both of our like, talents, his in management and operations and relationship cultivation and mine and sort of brand building, yeah. digital, digital advertising, sort of like leverage that now to to do our best and getting ourselves out there.
1: Yeah. Uh, the main focus is the brand. We waited yep. so long for
0: this. So you guys are producing in LA. You found the right manufacturing and production. Talk to me a little bit about like the big global topics, you know, diversity, inc- inclusivity, transparency, and supply chain ethic. Tell me a little bit about why ethical manufacturing was so important to you?
2: I'm very, like, I really believe in sustainability. Partially, like, my MBA program at school I went to is Jucker School of Management, which Drucker himself just comes from a sustainability background. Um, so that's something that was, like, pushed into me. and It's really part of, like, my values and beliefs. But in that saying, like, we have this name, Made for All, so, it's like, we have to live up to what it is that we're standing for. And, like, with that name, we're going to stand for something to individual people differently. And so for us, it was like, all right, we know that we're POC owned, we're minority owned. And so we want to be able to make sure we put that back into sort of our supply chain, the manufacturers that we're working with. And so we make sure that manufacturers in LA that we source our material from and also like contract manufacturer, we try our best to make sure that they're POC owned and operated. And then as well as like in our our model sourcing, like Brandon puts in a really... I concerted effort to make sure that we're using models that have different types and looks and, and then all the way down to like the meaning of our brand, where I think you would think like, oh, made for all, like anybody can wear it. Like that is essentially the case, but it also comes down to what a diversity and inclusion look like. It makes sure people feel empowered. And so we stand more for like greatness is made for all, yeah. right? Achievement is made for all. Your success can be achieved no matter who you are. And so we kind of try to take a full spectrum of sustainability, inclusion, diversity, and especially like equity from our our lens work.
0: Amazing. Um, Do you guys design the collection yourselves together? Yes. Yes.
1: Oh, more so me. Um, More so like a, I don't want to use the word dictatorship, but no, I I try to get everyone's input. Yeah, but it's more, it's more so me, but it's, it's a did I take everyone's input um, me and Danny of course have like the highest input but we have other members on our team that started with this us so we just yeah we just draw it out we, we go back and forth a lot we work with a designer that's local to um to make the vision on paper and it's just a lot of back and forth honestly right. I'm, I'm more particular Danny be like oh I want longer string and uh, we'll get into it because i'm like how long how many inches like, like, how, i
2: don't know i just what do you want me to tell you it well, just needs no longer don't tell me your opinion
1: then so it's like you know so <laughs> it, that's pretty much how our day-to-day goes you know yeah we just design everything
2: yeah, and, and how, yeah. Yeah. might I also add though like our design style and work style is very like argument based but like it's a healthy argument base for us and like Brennan and I go back to like 2005 so we're not just business partners but we're also like lifelong friends. So we have some buffer room there where I think like other people, you know, may not get like well this is this is this is our relationship and it's healthy for us, right? Okay,
0: totally. Now everyone has their own dynamic and it's so awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's so awesome to work with a friend and to work with someone that yeah. you know you enjoy bantering with or agreeing with most
2: of the time most yeah. of the time yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you guys like how, what's your what's your cadence for new drops or new product is it is it more about just like adding colors and new fabrications or is it more about like we need a new silhouette this often how do you how do you roll out your styles
1: you know honestly it's we're 6 months in so we're still trying to figure that out of course we want to do tons of different colorways but we're also trying to find out what our members, we call our customers members like and what, what's needed. So that's it's ever changing. We're trying different things out as we go. But we do have our core products. Our core products will always be shirts, our sweats, our hoodies, our loungewear, which is very popular. We use like tinsel and bamboo material, which is fantastic. Um, so it, it, it's just we're still figuring that out, honestly.
2: Yeah, yeah. And I think like when you think about a clothing brand it's no different than sort of an agency scale up right and so we started off with just black black and white products right and then then we moved into gray and then we like started to add in an hour we're going into we just did some like pistachio walnut and some a little more like earthy colors and now we're actually getting into with some of our latest designs which are super cool by the way so like in a, in another couple of months check back we're actually throwing in a bit of color and some some paint splash and we're really getting into this split off where we have our core product um that's going to be very minimalist at all times yeah. and then we're going to have sort of these limited release and sort of like designer level higher priced items that are a little bit less core but more
0: um yeah, yeah what what kind of hole do you feel, you know, obviously, fashion is a crowded space, uh, leisure wear is a crowded space, what kind of hole were you looking, like you came at this, you know, from a point of expression, and, you know, to build a brand, what kind of hole did you see in the market? Was there something specific where you were like, we could, we could do that?
1: It's It's quality for us. Quality.
2: Um, and customer experience, customer experience as a whole.
1: For sure. Like, like I know, like lately when I order everything's in poly bags and it's thrown into dollars and our product doesn't come like that. You know, we have cotton sleeves. You put our product in, it's also wrapped by tissue with our custom stickers in a nice box. So it's also like creating that experience when you get your package, that excitement, when you get your package, you don't need to spend hundreds of dollars to get a a great experience in what you ordered. So we're just, we're bringing that back. We're bringing in quality for great, great, I feel like great price. We just want to just bring that back because we're not getting that no more. Everything is just quick.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah no. i, I think
2: To your point that fast fashion like really ruined not just like the quality of goods, but their quality of experience in receiving your goods, right? And, and so plan- that's really where our focus is. Is oh. like, when you receive your box, like it's an experience from end to end.
0: Yeah, that's really nice. And are you guys, is your your sales distribution mostly DTC? Are you branching out to wholesale accounts or retailers or your own stores? What's your strategy there?
2: Yeah, we're currently uh, just DTC, but we do want to go wholesale route at some point. But I feel like we're taking a route so that we don't get an advantage of in that wholesale side where we want to build up our DTC offering. As I do think, when we think about the future of retail for brands like ours, the new model is not going to be like massive distribution of wholesale, but actually direct to consumer. And then sort of a, a wholesale offering where we can leverage the negotiation because we already have a massive following and it brings people to their
0: stores. You know, these days, the the healthiest is just my personal opinion. Yeah. The healthiest place you can be eventually is 50-50. 50 mm-hmm. wholesale, which like, gives you all that great cash up front. And then your DTC channel, which is like all yours and you can't, you know, it won't get disrupted. It's like very safe. But yeah, I think it takes a while to to get there for sure. This also is kind of like retailers speak because this is 100% how I used to buy. It's like if I saw a new line, it was What are the adjacencies going to be? You know, who does it sit with? What it? Who's Uh, the customer? Who? What else does that customer wear? Where do you see made for all fitting into whether it's other streetwear or designer or contemporary? Where do you kind of see your customer shopping?
2: We definitely have some competitors and some ops. Um, I mean, (laughs) (laughs) essentials. (laughs) Essentials, a big brand, yeah. (laughs)
1: Basically, um, essentials are I think our biggest competitor i would say going into this space um we do offer similar products but you know it's it's just different quality i guess you can say to how we make yeah. our price point essentials is one of our biggest ones
2: and um but very much so like fear of god
0: yeah uh so would definitely be
2: our top ops yeah. yeah so definitely our top ops and then i would also get into saying that like even from like lower price to higher price right like we w- we would have a couple others I don't know Elwood to name one gallery apartment and a yeah, few others that there. we would fall in line with, um, and our product would be placed around.
0: What did you say, Brandon? You mentioned one as I'm
2: well. Talentless,
0: yeah. Fear, fear of God. I love, I love that line. It's really, yeah, beautiful. And I can definitely see the similarities there. What else? How do you guys wear the brand? I can see you're wearing, you're wearing some of the brand. Like, what's, what would you say? kind of what are your go-tos
1: so my my go I love sweats right now so my go-tos is the sweats um is our t-shirts like the one Danny has on we also have one that's very plain a little small patch on the side I like minimalists. I'm a very big minimalist so um that's my vibe and I I like all black typically I think that's probably why we started off with that color but um those are my go-tos
2: yeah yeah I would say that um, mine is very story oriented. The way I like to see people wear the brand, but then how also I wear it. It's kind of like you put on your 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 made shirt, which is like a heavyweight shirt in itself. You match it up with whatever jewelry or whatever look you're going with. You throw on your jeans, your Balenciagas or your Prada shoes. Yes. You know, if your Rolex watch, you got one. Whatever it is, like I feel like made that thing that you use to accessorize, but also like leisure wear your designer goods with. Right, yeah. and so it's it's something that can be paired with high value items without devaluing those items.
0: Totally, it works. Um, and then tell me a little bit about the intersection between sports and this brand, and sports and fashion. This is an area I know very little about, so please inform me.
2: Well, sports, fashion, and travel is yeah. is our lanes area.
1: Yeah, I mean, sports is sports is big in fashion, um, especially during the season. My brother is is, is an athlete, um, you know, and I have a couple other close, a lot of close friends, being that I was working at Rock Nation, I came across a lot of athletes, yeah. um, so just just a the connection there, and and just we have a couple players that's been very supportive of the brand. They love the brand, um. And we're just continuing to try to use that as leverage because that's where the majority of my contacts come from.
2: And I think like people underestimate the fashion value of sports players, especially when you look into like basketball, where basketball in itself has built this huge like thing around their players as they walk up to on game day wearing whatever outfits that they have on, which and it's it's a huge, you know, spectacle. And so I think that's one thing where we've wanted to leverage is sort of like Spotlighting sports, but especially some of the POC that play sports and in basketball, and using that as like, hey, look at like, there's a lot of fashion here to to be recognized.
0: I feel like I first noticed sports and fashion, and again, I I don't know anything about sports. I don't really watch sports, so I don't know anything. But I did notice LeBron James once he started once he started wearing Tom Brown, I was like, this is incredible. So.
1: I would say really escalated around that time. Le- LeBron has a lot of weight. So, I mean, he, he really gears it, but it it escalated. It didn't put the spotlight on it. And then a lot of athletes, a lot of athletes are really big into fashion. They attend they these fashion week shows. They, a lot of them have their own brands. Yeah, you know. It's, so it, it's, it's a really big thing.
2: Basketball in itself has been leading fashion for years and years and years, like 30, 40 plus years when you think how the evolution of basketball shorts also influenced how men or people wore shorts in public as a whole. And then with that of like sneakers, sneakers being in basketball has always been something that led the innovation of, you know, footwear across boots, whatever it was, right? And so like, I definitely think like, that's where we love to be is sort of on the innovation and basketball sometimes leads up.
0: And like the whole streetwear thing, like, also yeah. like culture, yeah. but also basketball 100 percent your what's your vision for the brand if you guys could see your brand in 10 years like where do you want to see it it's
1: it's limitless um de- definitely we want to see our in a few years we do want to get a brick and mortar it's almost like it's, it's enough room for everybody right so just imagine the essentials of fear of god we want our two lines that we want to create that elevated and our core to be similar to that, we do want to be in stores. Bloomingdale's is one of my stores I want to be in. That that middle touch. Um, we just we just want to, to stay around yeah. and continue to grow steady. That's all.
2: Yeah, I would agree. I think like that that sort of core, and then like designer value is. I think like in ten years, I would love to see us have, you know, a thousand dollar jacket on the designer end, but yeah. then still a very nice quality design jacket on a core level that it doesn't matter who you are, it's still accessible yeah. at that like $150, $200 level. Right. And so I think that for me is in made for all is like living up to that and exuding the idea that like, we're not just coming at this like idea of like fashion from this like equality standpoint, from but from an equity lens where we design product that literally is accessible for anybody's greatness.
0: Any collaborations or like newsy items on the horizon? I mean you guys are only six six months <laughs> in, so everything is probably new and new six months today.
1: Six yeah. months today. So um we're talking about collaborations right now. Nothing really announce yet we're trying to be creative just to get out there and and just do different things we're starting to do some festivals um do some pop-ups at festivals which we're excited about because we feel once you touch our stuff it it's it's like game over but we just have to get it in the hands
0: amazing amazing all right well really nice meeting you guys i'm so glad i got to learn about this i like I don't, I'm not so, I'm really up on New York fashion. I'm pretty good with Paris. I'm like not great with LA anymore. I used to be so passionate about LA design. Um, So it's really nice to see, yeah, something new, come, something new and really interesting coming out of LA and Portland. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much.
0: That's really nice. All right. Thanks guys. Great to meet you. All right. All right. Thank you. Nice All right.
1: to you as well.